Quick, grab a glass and fill it to the 50% point with any liquid. How would you describe it? Perhaps for today only, you might say it is half full, given that February 3rd is Optimist Day, and it may be time to try out that attitude just for one day. That's not a requirement, however, to interact with this or any other installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a podcast and newsletter that wants you to listen and read no matter how you're feeling today. I'm Sean Tubbs, and I will always hope that you are well. On today's show, the Pantops Community Advisory Committee gets a briefing on a third hotel on US 250. The Places 29 Rio Community Advisory Committee gets an update on the Rio Road Corridor Plan. Albemarle's hope to use photo speed cameras for traffic enforcement in rural areas is dead in 2022. And a quick look at the candidates seeking to be the next congressional representative for Virginia's new 5th District. Let's begin today with a Patreon-fueled shout-out. When you think of romance, you might not immediately think of energy efficiency. But the folks at Leap do think that keeping your family comfortable at home is a great way to show you care during the month of love. Your local energy nonprofit wants to make sure you are getting the most out of your home all year round. And Leap offers free home weatherization to income and age qualifying residents. If someone in your household is age 60 or older, or you have an annual household income of less than $74,950, you may qualify for a free energy assessment and home energy improvements such as insulation and air sealing. Sign up today to lower your energy bills, increase comfort, and reduce energy waste at home. Let's begin today with a quick look at COVID numbers. Most numbers continue to trend downward with an average daily count of new cases at 7,237 a day and the percent positivity is down to 23.2%. That's still high for most of this pandemic, but short of the high points of last month's surge. The Virginia Healthcare and Hospital Association reports 2,578 people in hospital with COVID. Today, the Blue Ridge Health District reports another 297 new cases, and the percent positivity is at 21.7%, continuing a gradual decline. There have been at least eight deaths reported since January 26, though COVID fatalities are often reported several days or weeks after the individual has passed on. As of today, 16,548 Virginians have died from COVID in the past two years. The University of Virginia Health System has received $2.14 million in federal grants for a program to help prevent burnout in medical professionals. The Wisdom and Well-Being program works with partners at the Region 10 Community Health and Wellness Coalition to provide training for healthcare workers across the region. Here's a section from a press release that went out today. The program gives care providers, community health workers, and healthcare students effective tools to identify and treat stress injuries caused by trauma, loss, and the many challenges healthcare workers face. The program will be expanded through the Dr. Lorna Breen Heroes Foundation, an organization that was created after a UVA doctor took her own life in April of 2020. We're still waiting for a final decision on whether there will be a House of Delegates race this year. 
Last year, Richmond attorney Paul Goldman filed a suit against the Board of Elections, arguing that the certification of delegates for two-year terms last November was unconstitutional due to the legislative boundaries being outdated because they are still based on the 2010 U.S. Census. Last week, attorneys affiliated with new Attorney General Jason Mieres took up the case and have asked judges with the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals to deny a request made by Goldman to submit additional information in the appeal. Among other things, they argue that data Goldman used to claim imbalance in legislative districts cannot be independently verified. On Monday, the court deferred consideration of Goldman's motion. But there will definitely be a congressional race this year under the new districts approved by the Virginia Supreme Court in late December. In the 5th District, Republican incumbent Bob Good will defend his seat in seeking a second term. He currently has one member of his party challenging him, and that's Dan Moy, the chair of the Republican Party in Charlottesville. According to campaign finance data processed by the Virginia Public Access Projects, Good raised $518,278 in 21. Moy did not file a report in that filing period. Three Democrats are in the race. Josh Thronberg raised $270,154 in 2021. He's an ordained minister and small business owner. Warren McClellan is a farmer who grew up in Southside, and he had $11,001 on hand at the end of the year. Andy Parker is running because his daughter was killed while she was doing a television report at Smith Mountain Lake several years ago. Parker had not filed a report by the end of 2021. A fourth Democrat, Lewis Combs Jr., suspended his campaign last week due to the new shape of the 5th District. In a statement, he said that he could not find a viable path to victory for his progressive campaign. He said he's confident that the campaign could have raised the funds and fielded the organization, but did not believe that there was a pathway to victory in the general election. There is so much going on at the General Assembly, and a lot of bits of information may have fallen through some of the cracks. As of this morning, 184 of 2,446 bills and resolutions filed have officially failed. The House of Delegates has passed 250 bills, and the Senate has passed 309 bills. A total of 139 bills have passed both houses, with most of these being commendations or celebrations. 39 bills have been carried on to 2023. Albemarle County asked local legislators to introduce a bill that would allow localities to use photo speed cameras to enforce speed limits on sections of rural roads. Delegate Rob Bell, a Republican from the 58th District, carried HB 747, but on January 27th, a subcommittee of the House Public Safety Committee recommended laying on the table, which is one way of saying it died. A similar bill in the Senate also died when it failed to report out of the Transportation Committee on January 20th. Crossover Day is on February 15th. That's the day when bills must have passed one house to be considered by the other. A lot happens in Albemarle County, and sometimes it takes me a bit to get to all I want to write about. Stories are coming in the near future on redistricting and Albemarle's comprehensive plan process. If you can't wait, though, please do check out Allison Rabel's stories on those items in the Daily Progress. But sticking with Albemarle County for a bit, let's get some updates on various development projects coming up. 
At the January 24th meeting of the Pantops Community Advisory Committee, members learned about a site plan for a new project at the intersection of Town and Country Lane and Olympia Drive. Rachel Falkenstein is a planning manager with Albemarle. The proposal there is for a five-story, 119-room hotel and parking. That use is consistent with the underlying zoning, but the final design will need to get a certificate of appropriateness from the Abamaro Architectural Review Board. Supervisor B. Lepisto Kirtley represents the Rivanna Magisterial District. It's right behind uh, Guadalajara and Marcos Pizza. So it's it, you, you'll see some of it from 250. The developer is HMP Properties, LLC. They own several hotels in the Williamsburg area and other parts of eastern Virginia. This hotel is not to be confused with another under development right across the street. That has the working title of Overlook Hotel. The Planning Commission recommended approval of a technical rezoning for that project in January. The Board of Supervisors will make a final decision at some point, but that public hearing has not yet been scheduled. There's also a new Holiday Inn Express that is now open on Pantops Corner Way. One member of the Pantops CAC asked a question that's on many people's minds. Here's Stephanie Lowenhaupt. So is there really a need for another hotel? Has there been documentation of, of some type of um, data that would show why well, we need an, a third hotel in that, in that very um, close, close area? Supervisor Lepisto Kirtley said that's not a decision that's up to the local government, but the county does try to promote other uses where it can. You have to wait and see who offers what. So we don't say you can only put this here or there. We try to, um, on properties we know that are vacant, we try to elicit, um, uh, uh, let's say, high-tech, uh, light manufacturing, high-paying jobs, uh, other sites like this, whoever owns it, they can put up, they can do what they want. Uh, presumably, they've done their homework. You're reading Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time for two more Patreon-fueled shout-outs. The first comes from a long supporter who still wants you to know, Today is a great day to spread good cheer. Reach out to an old friend, compliment a stranger, or pause for a moment of gratitude to savor a delight. And the second comes from a more recent supporter. He wants you to go out and read a local news story written by a local journalist. Whether that be WINA, CBS 19, NBC 29, The Crozet Gazette, Seville Weekly, The Daily Progress, Charlottesville Tomorrow, or some other place I have not mentioned, the community depends on a network of people writing about the community. Go learn about this place today. I will have a story in the near future about that comprehensive plan process in addition to Allison Rabel's story. One of the purposes of a comprehensive plan is to direct government resources into specific areas in order to maximize investment in infrastructure. For over 40 years, Albemarle County has envisioned an urban area that gets the vast majority of the county's capital dollars. Pantops is one of the designated growth areas, as is the area around the intersection of Rio Road and US-29. 
For the past year, Albemarle has been working on a plan to address traffic congestion and a lack of walkability on Rio Road East in and around the intersection with the John Warner Parkway. They've hired the firm Line and Grade to do the work, which is being done in two phases. The first phase extends from the Rio Road US-29 intersection to the John Warner Parkway, and a written draft of that first phase is nearing completion. The second phase travels down Rio Road East to the border with Charlottesville. The Places 29 Rio Community Advisory Committee got an update on this plan on January 27th from Dan Heyer of the firm Line and Grade. Specifically, he focused on the area of East Rio Road between the Parkway and Penn Park Road. Let's hear Heyer say some traffic counts. And what we see is that this portion of Rio Road is at least as, as of the year 2019, carrying about 9,300 vehicles per day. We're seeing that Penn Park Road carries about 4,400. Penn Park Lane, that's the road that goes down to Lachlan Hills, that carries about 1,000. The John W. Warner Parkway, again, carrying around 19,800. And Dunora Drive carries about 2,400 vehicles per day. Heyer said those figures are likely out of date, with more development in the area having taken place since then. Milwaukee Hills has continued to develop and bring more vehicles and more neighbors and more residents in the area. Um, the lofts apartment has come online with it. Again, more neighbors, more residents, uh, high density, um, multifamily there. Uh, Dunlora Park has come online. Heyer also said the 43-unit Rio Commons project will be developed by right on land already zoned R4 just north of the Waldorf School. He said that will add 300 more vehicles a day. There's also another by right development of a farm nearby that could see many more units. Before Heyer was able to get into the details of what Phase 2 might look like, members of the CAC questioned his traffic data. One wanted to know what the limits are to development. Here's Audrey Coker, who is serving in her third term on the Places 29 Rio CAC. At what point um, would um, traffic lead to um, so much that further development would be prohibited? Higher said development is based on land use decisions made by the locality. So if land is already zoned for houses, the developer has a property right to build. So it has nothing to do with how much traffic is or is not on the road already. Whoa. So we can just have a real crowded, dangerous situation. The point of the plan, though, is to address those public safety concerns in advance of future development. So far, crash data from the Virginia Department of Transportation does not indicate any fatalities on that stretch of East Rio Road since 2014. In the future, though, there will be a lot more activity on a 2,000 linear foot stretch of Rio Road East with the 328-unit Rio Point development approved by the Board of Supervisors in December. The study is intended to bring all of this together for the future. The roadway is going from this to this, so it's getting increasingly dense and increasingly complex, and our recommendations need to consider this and account for this. Heyer said the Rio Road project provides an opportunity to increase non-vehicular access via the greenway that runs along the John Warner Parkway. Well, you can see that if that connection is successfully put in, it would be really helpful for someone who, say, lives in Dunalora Forest and wants to get to the greenway. Um, it might make it a little easier than going through the John Warner Rio intersection or down to Penn Park. 
There's also a roundabout funded and planned for the intersection of the parkway and East Rio Road. The work of line and grade is intended to inform how the rest of the corridor might look in the future. Phase two is still in the idea phase. If we want to bring unity to this this stretch of road, um, which is happening, how do we do it? Where are the opportunities? And what is the desire? CAC member Nancy Hunt liked what she saw in Hire's presentation because she sees further growth as inevitable. We're going to have more traffic. This is an urbanizing area, and we have to treat all property owners equally. And if we give dense zoning to one, we need to look at the possibility of giving dense zoning to another. Hunt said she wants speed limits on East Rio Road to be reduced to make it safer for other road users. Fellow CAC member Judy Schlussel took issue with one image in Hire's presentation that showed a median on East Rio Road. I find that as a red flag. We all know how median strips are not maintained. And that worries me that if you're going to put this lovely greenery in, one who is ultimately going to be responsible for the maintenance We'll have more information on the Rio Road Corridor plan as it develops. If you want to know officially where things are, there's a link in the newsletter to a January 26th newsletter from the county on where that project stands. Charlottesville Community Engagement strives to bring you as much of this information as possible and to put it into context for you to think about how you fit into the future of this community. But the future of this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement is now at a close. It is another day, February 3rd, Optimus Day, and I sincerely want to thank everybody for listening, and I want to thank all of the people who are contributing one way or the other. You know the deal by now. Go to infoseville.com and click on the Support the Info tab to figure out if there's a way that you could potentially contribute something financially, and if not, seriously, it's okay. Uh, I, I know that the community is supporting this program and I'm really pleased about that. But I would like you to share it with others if you could. The whole point is to get as much information about this place to as many people as possible. And that's the goal of this. And it is what I intend to do for as long as I can. And I am going to get started on the next one soon. It is very likely that the next one will not come out until Saturday morning so that I can get it all together. And uh, But who knows? This one was going to come out tomorrow, but it came out today. And of course, you could be listening to this sometime in the far-flung future. Who knows? I certainly don't. What I what do I know? I know I'm Sean Tubbs. I'm the host of this program, and I'm really grateful that you have been listening. Now, stay dry out there today. Stay warm. Stay safe. Stay all of the things that you're supposed to stay. But please do not stay stagnant. Continue to challenge things that uh, that you think you know, because you might not, and then you might know them. Maybe you defend them. I don't know. I believe in all of this conversation and I don't have any answers except I do have one answer this is in fact the end of this program goodbye